Welcome to the NFT Now podcast. Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors, and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Matt Medved, and we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture. Welcome to the show. Matt, what's happening, man? Sam, I'm doing great. How are you feeling? Fantastic. Who we got lined up today? We've got a very special guest, Devin Finzer, CEO and co-founder of OpenSea, the largest NFT marketplace, uh, experiencing tremendous growth right now. Uh, really excited to have him on the podcast. Uh, what are you excited to hear about? Yeah, I mean, I think Devin is Devin and OpenSea are doing tremendous amounts of incredible work and uh, and empowering this whole NFT movement at large, right? I mean, I, I know recently too they closed a Series B funding um, of 150 million dollars at a 1.5 billion dollar valuation. Um, I'd say one of the first true unicorns in the space. It's really special hearing his perspective, not only on what's enabled the growth and what's on the roadmap of OpenSea, but also what's the the mission. What are some of the other opportunities that he sees in the space? Right, I think we speak a lot about how the the market is developing as a lot of new talent is attracted and is able to really apply that talent towards driving adoption and creating interesting applications within the space. We're still very much in the first inning, so hearing his perspective on adoption, on some of the interesting problems to tackle, on the specific problems that they're working to tackle, um, was really really fascinating. So I, I really enjoyed this. What about you? What stood out? Yeah, you know, I love the fact that you know he describes. Uh, Going from a, a team of six when this when when this wave you know comes crashing on the shore um, and and scaling and playing and you know to to meet the the demand and the and the amount of traffic and and sales volume that's coming through and you know it seems like they're they're really kind of looking towards the long term and are are firmly like firmly focused on exp- uh, improving user experience. Loved hearing uh, thoughts on some of those insights uh, as to areas where. Uh, you know, there's going to be there, there's what's right for opportunity for increased growth, um, and just some of the some of like the lessons and like and moments that stood out along the way because it's been such uh, a tremendously uh, dynamic journey <laughs> over the past six months. So much has happened, and uh, I feel like OpenSea has been really at the center of that. Um, before we dive in, just want to remind everyone tune into our our uh, weekly newsletter NFTNow.co. Uh, we simplify everything that's going on in these crazy markets into actionable insights right to your right to your inbox without any further ado Devin Finzer Devin what's good man happy to have you here thank you for having me it's an exciting time to to be chatting um you know I, I saw that tweet of yours about uh OpenSea doing you know 21 million in sales volume in all of 2020 and then doing 95 million in a two-day period heading for record sales volume in August um I saw that you know that that it's already pretty much matched all of July's in just one week what is it like running OpenSea right now? Uh, you know, with this sort of explosive growth, it's it's really fun. Yeah, it's it's well, it's a combination of exciting, stressful, and fun, right? So I think we were completely flabbergasted by the last couple weeks and like the month of August so far is just insane. Um, but it's really, yeah, it really feels like a brand new internet. It feels like a lot of the trends that people have been talking about for a long time are kind of coming together and really. Just everyone's talking about NFTs, which is just exciting to exciting place to be in. On OpenSea's front, um, you know, we're kind of all hands on deck trying to to stabilize our platform, deal with record traffic, um, and you know, hire the right people to to continue building out what we're you know the marketplace functionality. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. 
Oh, for sure, man. I'm sure it's a roller coaster ride at times, yeah. too. <laughs> Lots of ups and downs. In that vein, though, I mean, when you think about the, the mission, like what is the mission of OpenSea? Obviously, we're all connected and excited about the potential that NFTs have with regards to empowering creators, creating a, a successful and viable economic model and middle class for lots of industries where it hasn't yeah. necessarily been that way. What, from your perspective, is the, the mission of OpenSea? Yeah, well, our, our simplest and most immediate mission is to build the best and largest, deepest broadest marketplace for NFTs. Um, but, you know, more broadly and looking further into the future, we're really excited about the conversion of all sorts of wealth to real digital wealth, right? And so empowering creators is a piece of that, empowering game developers, empowering collectors, um, really just sort of building the, a foundational layer for a completely new paradigm in online life, right? So, um, we're, we're much like early platforms, like the early internet, like early mobile. We think it's really hard to predict exactly what's going to come from all of yeah. this. But we know that a marketplace is a really important building block. So that's why we kind of are positioning our product as um, sort of a foundational layer on which lots of different things can be built. Makes that's sense. Awesome. Makes sense. And, you know, it's really interesting. You know, I'm a big data guy, so I love watching the trends. I, you know, I'm checking the, the rankings and the charts. And, you know, it's really interesting to see how crypto art really drove explosive growth at the beginning of the year. And now, it, you know, digital yeah. collectibles are, are driving a lot, of, a lot of growth. And, you know, given that you have a bit of finger on the pulse, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on, like, what other categories do you think are kind of, like, ripe for breakouts? Yeah, I think gaming has always been sort of, I mean, you see Axie Infinity doing big numbers, but um, it's always felt like it it had huge potential, but it's still super early, right? If you look at kind of the volume of these collectible projects relative to the volume of like Zed Run or some of these horse racing games uh, or, or um, some of the virtual world games, those are still pretty small, relatively speaking, because gaming is a giant market. Fortnite makes billions of dollars in revenue. So there's just huge potential there. Um, so I think like, you know, it's going to, I just, our perspective is just going to be a lot of different stuff. Um, and we're sort of starting to see the early experiments, but they still feel like toys. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would, yeah, I would point to gaming as like one that has a lot of potential. Yeah, no, super exciting. And in that vein too, I mean, I know kind of the, the big breakout to date really has been like crypto art, digital yeah. art. Was that surprising to you? I mean, I know you've been working on this for a while and obviously there was a lot of explosive growth this year, but was that what you expected to be the breakout category? No, <laughs> yeah, it was not what I expected. Uh, we expected uh, virtual worlds and gaming use cases to come before crypto art. Uh, we were, um, you know, skeptical that people would buy just pure collectible NFTs, right? Um, and honestly, we didn't really understand the art world. Um, but we've been like pleasantly surprised that that's uh, that's been a huge thing. And it, it just, you know, now that it's happened, it makes a lot of sense, right? It's like a digital artist never really had a way to just to, to monetize their work mm -hmm. in a real way. Um, and it's such a basic, primitive use case that, it, you know, you can really rally momentum around it. Whereas with something like gaming, you know, you have to go and build an entire game. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to take a lot longer, right? Right, so. right. In that vein, to extrapolate on that, like when you think about some of the the broader use cases and, and applications beyond just the simple, I guess, digital collectibles or this kind of very early movement with digital art and crypto art. Like, can you dive deeper into some of the other core functionality and usage of NFTs? I think event ticketing is still really cool. We've seen some experiments with that, um, but uh, still really early. Like, we, mm -hmm. I don't think we've seen like a mass event that has used NFTs as, as tickets. Um, I think some of the like access 
NFTs are really cool. Um, that's that's something that's really has started to be experimented with. Um, I think another one it, for folks who are looking for like a cool project idea is tokenizing physical assets, allowing them to be traded as, as NFTs and then redeemed for the physical item. So the physical asset could be like, you know, some super fancy piece of clothing that resides with, you know, some company, but you can trade around the NFT indefinitely and mm -hmm. then redeem it, right? Yeah. And so it sort of anchors the value to something physical. Um, so I always thought that idea was cool. I think there, there are now like a couple experiments doing that, but I haven't seen a company that's doing it in like a really big way yet. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. And, you know, uh, kind of as we look ahead towards, you know, the the next five years, the next 10 years in terms of growth, I'm curious how you think how you think about the NFT market. Like, do you see it sort of tracking with the crypto bull and bear markets? Is the data showing uh, an interesting, like a different correlation? Yeah. Just curious to how you're seeing it and, and, uh, and kind of planning based on that. Yeah. Well, I think generally speaking, it's going to be like a huge market, just completely massive. Uh, we're talking about like all sorts of assets being tokenized as NFTs. And, you know, it just, it's starting with these collectibles and then it's eventually going to move to things like real estate, right? Um, so it's, you know, it's giant. Um, I, in terms of how it tracks against uh, crypto, I think the way that we see it is crypto prices bring in excitement and talent into the space. You know, like for, for example, for me in 2017, one of the reasons that crypto was on my radar was because the prices were blowing up, people were doing ICOs. It was like, what's going on here? And then you get talent coming in and building actual applications. And I think NFTs are more like legitimate applications that I think will be relatively uncorrelated to the crypto prices. There's obviously like a long term, there's obviously, you know, to some extent, you know, the price of ETH goes up and people trade in ETH. So there's like complicated. Um, but I really do see the crypto prices as more of like a talent uh, piece, like bringing in people and then um, the NFT market really being more about just what people have built. Yeah. And just to kind of follow up on that, what do you think are some of like the main factors that NFTs face, to, you know, to sort of foster mainstream adoption? I think onboarding right now is still really difficult. So that's something that we're starting to work on more is how do we get the first user to sign up and like understand NFTs? Um, I was just, um, you know, user testing the other day and like, it was really hard for someone to even understand that like MetaMask was a Chrome extension and like install it and then come back and refresh. So just those sort of simple things. Um, the fiat to crypto piece is big, right? You have to sort of be part of the crypto ecosystem for a little bit to be able to transact in crypto. Um, and then I think also just, you know, building out more use cases, right? So I think not everyone is going to like want to buy a profile pick project. The prices are really high. So scalability at the sort of underlying chain layer. So it's, it's like just a, a ton of challenges, but they're all pretty solvable in my opinion. Like none of them, there's no insurmountable challenge. It's just like a bunch of different things that need to happen. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. 1000%. In that, in, uh, when it comes to um, like entertainment, I know like congrats on the the recent fundraising round very Thanks. much. And then I think like uh, I mean it seemed like there were some interesting entertainment heavyweights on there. Michael Elvitt, CAA. When you think about the entertainment industry, um, how do you really see them adopting NFTs? Whether it's it's film and IP and, and content ownership or sports and access. I know it's kind of broad range music, film, sports. But when you think about entertainment adopting NFTs, what excites you the most there? Yeah, I think um, anything where there's like real utility to the NFT is is super exciting. I think we 
you know, when things started taking off in February, March, we had these sort of like very random NFTs, like Taco Bell kind of like launching their own NFT, yeah. right? <laughs> Which was like a little bit, it just felt very primitive. Um, yeah. But I think now people are getting a lot more sophisticated and they're iterating and like figuring out, you know, looking at the Gronk drop and saying mm-hmm. like, okay, what piece of that worked really well and what can we like right. iterate on and how can we add more interesting elements to the NFTs. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just sort of, I don't know exactly what's going to resonate the most, but I think it's just sort of like people really, you know, holding themselves to a high standard for like quality. Right. And um, the other exciting thing is just more companies popping up that mm-hmm. help people do this. Right. We, we, we handhold a bit, but our resources are limited. So we tend to kind of work with different partners that will like, you know, do more of the custom integration with the with various companies. Right, 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 right. For sure. And, you know, in that fundraising announce, you also announced cross-chain support. Yeah. And, and so I'm curious to hear, you know, how do you envision sort of the future of NFTs being cross-chain? Is it, yeah. um, is it layer two solutions like Polygon? Is it the next phase for Ethereum? Um, some of the, the competitor chains, you know, curious to hear your thoughts on the landscape. Yeah, my, my rough sense is it's going to be like a multi-chain world with lots of different options, right? We have, we now have working layer twos like Polygon, which are reducing the transaction cost for users. When we launched on Polygon, we sort of re-architected things so users don't have to worry as much about gas costs, which is nice. Um, but then also, yeah, you have your layer ones, Flow, Solana, um, and and we're seeing like interesting traction there. We're taking, you know, we're taking a, a, a originally we thought, you know, we're just going to add every chain on the planet, but we realized there are network effects around chains. So like once you bridge your ETH into Polygon, you play a couple Polygon games, you're sort of in that ecosystem and you don't necessarily want to like go all the way to Binance Smart Chain, right? Or something like that. Um, that being said, like we definitely like are excited about the early ecosystems on new layer ones like Flow, Tezos, Solana. Um, so we're, you know, we've built our infrastructure in a way that we can support many different chains in the future. We just have to be cognizant of, um, you know, I think there is a really strong network effect around the tooling on Ethereum, right? The fact that MetaMask has, I think I was looking at the Chrome extension or the Chrome store and it was like 6 million installs, right? And so that's, that uh, MetaMask is going to work with every single EVM compatible chain, um, which is really like a pretty strong network effect around the wallet layer versus like on something like Solana, you're kind of starting fresh. Although I think Solana is thinking about EVM compatibility as well. But um, it definitely seems like there's sort of a network effect building around these EVM-based chains right now. Yeah, no, for sure. Fascinating. Um, So one thing that's interesting too, I know Matt and I both spent a lot of time working in music industry, and I see a very interesting analogy to like Spotify and these different streaming platforms and OpenSea and the extent that as adoption really grows and there's a lot of users, they now truly have the power to become the tastemakers and help break new talent. So there's this this opportunity and responsibility of kind of helping users with curation and discovery. Think about Rap Caviar, or these very notable playlists on Spotify. Um, how are you approaching curation and discovery to help users find NFTs they love? Yeah, I think we're we have a lot of room to improve there to be honest. Yeah. Like our homepage is pretty basic. We have like featured slots. We um we try to you know, one thing that's really important for us is not just supporting the bigger players, right? The mm-hmm. the the bigger brands that are getting into the space, but also supporting like the smaller artists. So on our homepage, we do like a featured slot that is typically like, you know, an artist that's a lot smaller and and sort of give them a little more a real estate mm-hmm. to work with. Um, 
the other things we're working on are sort of more algorithmic curation. So ensuring that like we can identify trending collections without us having to go and like manually curate them, those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I think generally it's a really exciting opportunity and it's not just our opportunity because the data is completely open. So mm -hmm. really anyone can go and build a discovery experience around NFTs. But I do think that there's something powerful about like the leading marketplace sort of having right. a lot of those tools as for well. Sure, for sure. And um, I mean, in that you kind of mentioned that there's like opportunities for other people to help build some sort of discovery. I mean, seeing it happen in a low fidelity way on Twitter and different influencers yeah. and tastemakers, but I'm sure it'll evolve a lot more over time. When you, I mean, as an entrepreneur, I'm curious what advice you have for other people. You mentioned that more talent are coming into the industry, building interesting applications. For for somebody that's starting to scratch the surface of entities and really interested in wanting to engage in the industry, what kind of advice do you have as an entrepreneur on how to really engage and, and find and support interesting opportunities and applications in the space? Yeah, Um I think, well, the first thing is a, just a really great time to be an entrepreneur in the space. So stick with it is what it is like. <laughs> don't leave, right? Because yeah. actually that's, maybe that's pretty simple advice, but that is what we saw in, in 2017. There was like a lot of momentum, a lot of excitement, but then some companies just kind of like, you know, argued that the market was too small and then kind of left and did something else. And I think honestly, they probably regret not having stayed in the NFT space. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that's as much of a problem now. People, there's like so much momentum around it that, I think people are like coming and staying, um, but that's number one. Um, number two is really like figure out how to play into the ecosystem versus building like everything yourself, right? Like mm -hmm. what tools can you leverage that already exist to like test things out, right? Mm -hmm. So like, for example, I think OpenSea is a great tool for just like getting your work out there, putting it on sale as opposed to like building your own kind of mm -hmm. platform or marketplace from the get-go, right? right. Um, so that's another thing I would add. Um, and then, yeah, just thinking, like, learning as much as possible, engaging with the community, joining the Discord, joining the Telegrams, like, talking to people and learning about, like, what are the problems and, and like, what are the solutions that you're excited about solving. Um, and I think there's just, like, so much white space to do things, right? There's so many different applications of NFTs that haven't been tried. There's a lot of infrastructure that hasn't been built. Um, so you know, just going out there and kind of learning as much as possible and being focused on like providing customer value as opposed to, I think another trap that some people in crypto kind of fall into is just being like a little overly philosophical or, or like dogmatic about like ultra decentralization or something yeah. like that, right? Versus just taking a more practical approach and like asking people kind of like, what do they want? And then building it. Right, 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 right. Makes total sense. You know, it's interesting because, you know, OpenSea has emerged, you know, far and away as, you know, the, the largest secondary marketplace for NFTs in a class of its own. Um, and I know you've also done, you know, a number of primary drops and, 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 and you know, primary sales. I'm curious what your thought is about the balance on that going forward and, and if you're trying to, like, do more of that or, or yeah. yeah. Yeah, so primary sales is, like, new for us, right? Because traditionally, like, where our marketplace shines is, like, someone else builds a project, they release their uh, items somehow, and then people need a place for them for, to trade them. And so like the majority of our volume is secondary at the moment. Um, but one of our goals is really like partner more with new projects that want to come into the space and learn about it um, and increase the amount of, you know, primary partnership volume on the site. So we just brought on uh, Ryan Foudy, who's leading our business development efforts. And that's one of his goals um, for the rest of the year is really like work with partners to increase primary sale volume. Um, 
So it's definitely something we're focused on. We're definitely, you know, we're not, our brand is is more around the open secondary marketplace, um, but we're really excited about working with more people there. And then, I mean, I, I guess also when looking forward around kind of product evolution, I mean, one interesting thing that excites us with regards to um, why people are often motivated to buy NFTs, and I think this goes far beyond NFTs, but it's just this notion of like status and identity, right? Uh -huh. Like um, buying and holding things that you like and really attaching your identity to it. The same way you, when you like a musician, you yeah. you ascribe a lot of your identity and wear their merch, et cetera. So I, I think by nature, this will become a more and more social experience. Yeah. Um, when you think about kind of the, the convergence of social media and NFTs and not necessarily, I just want to share my NFTs on Instagram, but creating a more social experience, like how, how are you thinking uh, around the kind of social interaction and convergence of social media and NFTs? Yeah, I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff that could happen. Like if you think about what's happening right now, you know, oftentimes people are kind of like, I'm getting a lot of NFTs in my wallet from like random projects that are kind of like using it as a messaging platform yeah. almost, right? They're like, sending stuff to you and like you're like okay interesting yeah. so i think there's going to be something around the you know nfts in your wallet sort of being like an inbox in some ways but also being a way that you display your identity like you'll be able to kind of show off in different environments and probably like curate which nfts you want to show off and like mm -hmm. which virtual world and things like that um but i think there's yeah there's a lot of like weird interesting unsolved problems because it's this giant like public ledger and so it means that like you know, technically, and the way that NFTs are architected, you don't have to, like, accept an NFT, right? You can just, like, send, I could just send one to you and, like, yeah. it might be something really obnoxious, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't, yeah, it's, like, there. I think there's a whole, like, set of problems to solve there. Like, we've been kind of just going after the low-hanging fruit. So, like, mm -hmm. we now allow people to hide stuff on their profile that they don't want to show off, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, more tools like that, I think, will be really valuable. Um and then, yeah, it's really, it is becoming sort of like a identity that can move across different applications, right? So on Facebook or Instagram, you have, you do have this identity, but it only lives within Instagram or Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. And now with NFTs, you have this identity layer, but it like goes with you across yeah. any different application and mm -hmm. you own it, right? right? So that's, that's just a really powerful idea. Um, and I think, you know, maybe it's not even just sort of NFTs, it's other things that you sort of curate about your wallet address and like mark that you, you know, all the DeFi applications that you've used, right? Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen Rabbit Hole, um, but it's like, it does some of that kind of like data collection around like, what has this address done, right? Like yeah. used Uniswap, used OpenSea, all of these things. So I think those sorts of platforms are really interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, just kind of looking back, it's been a wild uh, past six months, you know, a bit of a whirlwind. So much has been happening. The space moves so quickly. I'm curious if there are any sort of moments that stand out, um, any specific ones or even like specific challenges you had to overcome or, or lessons learned. Yeah. Oh, man, a lot. Um, I think one of the moments that stands out is um, early February was when, you know, there was one day where like normally on a given day, I don't know, we would do maybe like $50,000 of volume or something before all of these things started blowing up. And then it was like a single day was like 5 million in volume, like just jumping, right? Because this hash masks project mm -hmm. went wild. Um, yeah. And then from, and it was funny because we we're like, every time that happened, we were kind of like, okay, it's probably going to come back down to the level it was before, maybe a little bit above, but it, yeah, it's just kind of kept on like growing. Right. And, and I think, 
maybe that's an interesting lesson is like you really have to plan for the future, right? Uh, because you, I really, I mean, there is in crypto, there's like a meme that markets are very cyclical and they sort of, we're always preparing for a winter. Um, and that may be true too, but like you also have to prepare for the summer, right? Where like things just keep on blowing up. Um, and so, you know, on our side, uh, I think we've done a decent job of like, you know, at that time when that started happening, I think our team was like six or seven people, wow. right? And so the sort of volume growth, uh, and if you look at, actually just mapped out sort of like the GMV or volume per employee, that has grown so much that we're like now in catch up mode on like company building. So I think that's just been like an interesting experience of um, trying to grow the company, you know, after all of this kind of like crazy growth has happened. Um, so, so sort of like playing a lot of catch up. Um, other interesting learnings, I think like fraud is becoming a really important thing for us. So like reducing, improving trust and reducing the likelihood that someone's able to like create a fake NFT and sell it to someone else. Um, so I think we've been learning that like investing in those simple things and investing in our core is way more important than like going out and doing like a bunch of crazy, you know, social experiments while we're like still a young company. So I think that's been that's been interesting. It's just investing in kind of like what we do well and, and gradually incrementally improving the user experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, put you on the hot seat with this question, kind of. But uh, if you were an if you were going to if you were not running OpenSea or if you were to start a new business in the space, what problem would you want to tackle? Or what in the problems? NFT space? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. The one that comes to mind is around the physical uh stuff. I think that's that's a pretty cool idea is basically like so here's a startup idea for anyone who wants yeah, yeah, it. Like yeah. basically just being a custodian of physical stuff and tokenizing it. Right. Mm. Like you send me some really nice piece of clothing. I ensure that it's valid like it's sort of StockX without the trading functionality mm -hmm. right all you're doing is just tokenizing it i don't know if that's like a big business but i just think it's like a really cool thing right if i could just send something somewhere and suddenly it's tokenized and suddenly it can be traded on open marketplaces i, I think that would be pretty awesome um other ones like maybe like a game or um we had this project early on called ethmoji which was uh mm -hmm. sort of like an avatar project now there are a couple projects that are kind of like that um but I think it would be fun to do something like that. Yeah. Dope. Love it. <laughs> and in that vein too, I mean, I know uh, you mentioned early on that you figured one of the early breakout cases for NFTs and just kind of marketplace transaction volume and open seed kind of be in this like virtual world yeah. landscape. I mean, can you dive a bit deeper as far as kind of how you see virtual worlds, the metaverse, if you will, like yeah. evolving and, and how you feel people um, at scale were really engaged in these environments? So I don't, yeah, it's hard to say exactly like yeah. at scale how it will happen, but I'm personally really excited about the central land, crypto voxels, sandbox as just sort of, you know, social environments are not exactly games, but they're just places where people can hold events and show off NFTs, right? Um, so Decentraland has been doing like tons of really cool events. I think it's, you know, it just takes time for people to kind of learn about it, become comfortable with it, make friends in the game. Um, and But I could see those sort of 
grassroots economies really like flourishing over the next year, right? I, I, you know, it's hard to predict what the next wave of excitement will be in the space, but I, I think like virtual land is really ripe for that because they've been building um, those projects for quite some time now. And a lot of people in the NFT space still don't know like about crypto voxels or Decentraland. And they're really like this integral piece of the experience, right? Because if you want to buy a digital art, sure, you can display it in like a physical environment, but I think it's actually much more powerful for it to be part of a digital environment, like digital native first, right? Mm -hmm. So I see these um, early gallery experiences in virtual worlds as like really providing really important utility uh, for NFTs. Um, But yeah, it's hard to say exactly like, I I think it'll probably be like many different metaverses, like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like scattered around uh, as opposed to sort of like the unified ready player one vision or whatever, but yeah. You know, there's so many. Uh, t- I totally agree with that. By the way, yeah. you know, I think that you know why 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 show this art to a few people in your house and you can show it to billions on the internet, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that um, you know, there's so many projects popping up all the time. Um, I'm sure there's. It's hard to even keep track of them all. But are there any that you've seen that sort of like stand out to you as being particularly innovative or exciting? Let's see, Re- like newer projects or uh, either or. You know, I mean, I'm yeah, I, I'm a big fan of um, Zed Run, uh, like building an actual legitimate game on blockchain, um, I think is a really cool idea. I, I like the art. Um, I've always been a fan of Decentraland, as I was just speaking of. Um, uh, CryptoVoxels is a, is a really cool one because they started in like uh, early 2018, I believe. And back then the land was like. 0.1 ETH or something like that. And now, um, you know, now it's like two or three ETH, which is still, I think, really cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like these projects that, uh, you know, start early and just kind of keep building through the different cycles. And then, you know, you sort of fast forward from like when they started to today. And it's like completely different, like completely mind blowing new experience compared to like the, the early version of it. Um, but I'm also like outdated, so I, there's probably like other cool projects that I don't know about. <laughs> I don't think anyone fully knows all the projects yeah, at this yeah, point. There's, there's just so, so many popping many. up. There's so many, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, I think just to kind of kind of wrap things up, just really curious to hear, you know, uh, what excites you looking forward um, in terms of OpenSea's roadmap and evolution. Yeah. Um, I am really excited about just continued growth of the space. So um, hitting uh, more users, right? Uh, I think right now we're at like 0.002% penetration of the planet in terms of people who have like used OpenSea, for example. Um, so I think just, you know, bringing more people on board um, and like, you know, spreading this technology to people who, you know, have different perspectives and like different ways of interacting with it. Mm-hmm. So just general growth of the space, I think is, is just really exciting. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think also just the sort of unsexy improvements that we're making to the website. So um, better ways to like explore items and like drill down, um, better multi-chain support. So, um, you know, investing in our Polygon integration and then expanding to new chains, um, better fiat on ramp so easier to buy for regular people, um, better notification systems so people are frustrated with like the spamminess of bids and things like that. Um, so investing in that core marketplace layer so that like, all the other people in the space can do really cool stuff and sort of like take that layer for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Devin, man, keep up the great work. <laughs> Thanks. We're super grateful uh, for all the contributions and, and how you're really uplifting the community through what you're doing. So I uh, appreciate you coming on today and sharing some of that, your insight. Thank you for having me. 
Our pleasure. Man, that was an incredible episode. Really, really enjoyed hearing what Devin had to say. I think uh, really exciting developments on the, the roadmap. Excited to see a lot of these other kind of like breakout verticals and industries really evolve in the, the coming months and years. I think uh, really just incredible to have them pull back the curtains a little bit on what they're working on, what their perspective is. Clearly, OpenSea has become um, one of the largest players in the space and, and doing tons to really uplift the, the industry and the growing industry as a whole. But as you mentioned, it's still it's at 0.002% of the kind of target user base and uh, what, what he really sees is the, the total addressable market here. I got, I got a little bit of chills when he, when he said that percentage because, you know, that just shows how early we are and how much further there is to go. Um, I thought it was really interesting just hearing the narrative from, from you know, how much has changed and how much uh, OpenSea has grown from, you know, the, the early months of, uh, you know, of, of this year and, and, and late last year to the kind of explosive growth that they're experiencing right now. We're in for a record uh, month here in August and hearing about, you know, all of the experiences along the way was really interesting. And I loved, I loved hearing a bit about how he's looking towards the future, you know, his thoughts on uh, cross-chain support and, and a cross-chain world for NFTs, mm-hmm. um, his thoughts on, you know, improving the user experience on OpenSea, and looking ahead towards gaming and the metaverse as huge growth areas, which I think is spot on. A thousand percent. Well, uh, really enjoyed that conversation. Hope you all did too. Um, you know, we'll be right back next week. Uh, another episode coming hot off the, 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 the airwaves. And uh, I think now it's time for me to stop talking. So th- take care, guys.